In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles on TojiNet, Parrax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, I have a special co-host because, and it's your anniversary today, Ann Corrigan. So, uh, happy anniversary. That's like 28 years or 23 or something, whatever. It's not like the 38 I have, so good luck to you anyway. Uh, but I do have a very, very special co-host. She's a good friend of mine. She is also the head of the research department for the New England Ghost Project, uh, Janet Rucker. Hello. How you doing, Ron? Outstanding. Is it uh, warm up there because it's like hot in the city, hot in the city? I'm sitting in my AC, so I'm good. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. We put the AC on last night. It was too hot. Uh, I am in my office, and I am looking at the thing, and it's 86.9 degrees right now. Oh, it's 78 in my house. Oh. No, 74. Sorry. Bite me. I know. No humidity. But I will have to admit that I was uh, at the beach today, so hey. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you get tan? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this, this white boy, I doubt it. <laughs> I was thinking that. But, uh, yeah, it, we, it, we were down at the Plum Island. Uh, it was pretty good. I went out and had clams, which I loved, and uh, we ate by Michael's on the water, which was cool, and then we went to Plum Island. I went with a couple of girls, and we walked the beach, and we were there with a, um, that poor woman drowned on Plum Island. The, the whole, all the news crews were there at the time, so... But they were oh. down the other other end of the beach, so we stayed away from that. So I heard there's a bit of riptide. Yeah, oh yeah, that place yeah. is unbelievable because it, it comes right into the you know the river there, and it's it's phenomenal. It's a wicked riptide. Yeah, not good. In well, fact, I, I was I, I was I'm gathering uh, I was gathering um, seashells for one of the girls, and uh, if it's you know if you step one step, it dropped pretty quick, and it was a good pull on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Probably, well, you know, you're with us. That's all that's important. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, we've always, uh, we get to play the ghost sandwich, so I think we're up to episode 10 now. Okay. So, uh, Carrie, if we have that ghost sandwich, can we play that now, or is it too early in the show? 
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghosts of Gettysburg, brought to you by Mark Nesmith and the Ghosts of Gettysburg. This is an actual message left on the Ghost of Gettysburg answering machine. What you about to hear is real. Nothing has been changed. Is truth stranger than fiction? You decide. 10.06 a.m. Tuesday. Message 10. Hi, uh, this is Kurt. I called uh, a couple weeks ago regarding ghosts in my residence. Uh, I thought he went away. Which is probably why you stopped getting calls for two weeks. But he's back. And he's scarier than ever. And he's got that sandwich with him. It's got little beady eyes and a little smile. They run those little two feet. And he can see what happens now anymore is the the Confederate soldier just sits and watches the little sandwich all day. Like a vigilant parent watches a child at the playground. And little sandwich seems to be getting himself into more and more trouble while the days go by. Yesterday he turned our heat down to 30 degrees. It's freezing in our place. My baby boy, he, uh, we had to stick him in a incubator. <clears throat> in addition to that, he tried to hot wire my car. And he pulled it out on the 81, and he T-boned a tractor trailer. Everybody was okay. God forbid anybody would come out on the wrong end of things. But uh, he won't leave. I keep pointing to the door, and he keeps nodding his head no. And the little sandwich, well, he, he just keeps running around, frolicking around. He's starting to eat the carpet. And I don't know why, but I had to get a brand new carpet. And he seems to be going to the bathroom at places where really he shouldn't be going to the bathroom. Yesterday, the little sandwich went to the bathroom on my carpet, brand new carpet. And uh, he didn't clean it up. He just sat there. Wow. Isn't that a sad tale? Pretty sad. Episode 10? Episode 10. How many are there? Uh, who knows? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Poor little sandwich. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I, just, I, I don't understand the part, though. The sandwich took the car and went on the 89 and T-boned the track of trailer. So right. when the cops arrived, uh, did they find this little sandwich? Uh, well, the guy, what happened? Yeah. Uh, just crumbs or what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to tune in next week to find out. I mean, because this is really getting to me. It's too bad that your answering machine doesn't have such good stories. Oh, you would be surprised what my little answering <laughs> machine will reveal. I can only imagine. Speaking about jokes, yeah. we were. We were. <laughs> hey, anyways, uh, this couple went to the doctors, uh, uh, Maud and uh, Jeremiah. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, you know, times for Maud's physical, so Maud went into the, the doctor called her in, and so she went into the room, and Jeremiah stayed in the lobby, and uh, the doctor, you know, examined her and then started asking questions, and 
asked, uh, Maud, do you have Ventacross? And she says, geez, I don't know. I'll have to ask my husband. So Maud sticks her head out of the examining room and yells, Jeremiah, do we have Ventacross? <laughs> he says, no, I told you, Blue Cross. Okay. Okay. Moving right along. Oh, my. While we wait, while we wait for our guest, I mean, if he's listening to the show, no doubt he's not going to turn in. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I, I don't know where to go after that. Uh, Dining for the Dead we have next month. We were going to have C.C. Carroll, who's going to talk about uh, Ghosts of the Merrimack Valley, which will be kind of interesting. Oh, neat. Uh, yeah, so uh, she's kind of an interesting per- person. I don't know if you've ever met her, but... Uh, she's, no, I haven't. Yeah, she, I've seen some of her. She does these little video pieces. I, I think if you go on YouTube, you can see them. Uh, they're pretty cool. So C.C. Carol. C.C. Carol, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, that's, that's my little, that's a little story in that. And then uh, tomorrow I'm off to investigate an inn in Gloucester. Oh, right, yeah, you said that. You mentioned yeah, that. So, like uh, actually, it's a, it's a, it is an inn. Yeah, it's an inn. Yeah, it's, so that that should be interesting, and I actually have, which is kind of, there's this witch's shop in Salem that has this like force in it, and um, a couple of the witches want to do the Ouija board in this cellar beneath it, and mm-hmm. it's just a dirt cellar. So I volunteered, me being the guy I am, always willing to help out. Uh, I volunteered to help her. Okay, and that's whenever. Anyways, uh, Bob from the chat room asked CC the Huntress, and I guess it's the Huntress. Uh, CC Carroll is what I know her by. Uh, she's a great person, good investigator. Uh, like I said, you can catch her pieces on uh, uh, YouTube, and also I believe I believe she she does a show on Parax. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I really not sure on that. But anyways, you can check out her website and, and find out. Uh, also, later on in the show, we're going to have uh, Tony from uh, NEPI, who I was lucky enough to go on an investigation with uh, up to the Sugar Hill Inn, I believe, in Sugar Hill, which I never even knew existed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, was, that turned out interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And now, you actually you work in a library, don't you, Janet? I do, yes. Okay. I work in two, but, yes. Did I work you? In a school, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You work in a school library? And also a public library. Oh, wow. So, anyways, did you happen to see uh, the piece that I had on Facebook, and, I, and I'm sure it's on YouTube, about the uh, improv actors that went into the New York Public Library? I, you know what? I didn't look at it. I saw you posted it. Yep. Was it pretty cool? Oh, it was funny. It was funny. I mean, it, it basically was this these uh, guys in sheets go into the library and they just, you know, sit down at the tables, look at the reference stuff and everything else. Next thing you know, you have, uh, you know, a bunch of guys show up in jumpsuits with all the proton packs and everything oh, else. like Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, and then they chase them all around the library. It was a, it was an improv thing. It was kind of cute, actually. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, so anyway. I hear but, no. And... I think that's God calling me. I'm just thinking. Anyways, um, 
Also coming up, I believe, in uh, July, we have a ghost cruise. Uh, we're kind of killing a little bit of time here. We'll, we wait for our ghost to call. Uh, yeah, ghost to call in. That could happen. Uh, yeah. we, we actually have a, a ghost cruise out of Rye, and we, that's going to be a three-hour cruise. <laughs> three what hour day tour. is that on a Saturday? Uh, 31st of July, whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, probably a Saturday, I would think. And that's that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, we also have Karen O'Keefe coming over next week, and he is going to be on Tuesday night's uh, international show as well. So oh, that cool. should be cool as well. But anyways, um, you know what? Did you know uh, about the uh, Amityville Horror House? I did. I did know about it. I lived in New York at the time of the killing. You did. I did. So I remember the original murders in being in the papers and there was a lot of in-depth coverage on that at the time and then I recall when I was in college the first part of college I believe it was Hans Holzer who did it and who met with the the Ronald DeFeo in jail yeah, was it Hans Holzer or was it? Yeah, I think Hans Holzer did. Right? I think it was him because he lived in Manhattan and I went to school in Manhattan. And for some reason, I recall him that he was speaking somewhere. And mm-hmm. um, but I remember he he put out a a, a a thing saying that that the place was actually an Indian burial ground and the son that killed everyone really wasn't responsible because it was the spirits and that whole yeah. kind of thing, and then I kind of remember the Lutzes part of it, but mostly I remember the infamy of the killing uh, in that time. It, the really? Lutz part, yeah, because it was covered by every newspaper. I think it was so difficult for people to understand. So it was really big news at the time in, yeah. in, in Long Island. Yeah, and I lived in, in Westchester, which wasn't far from Long Island, mm-hmm. and... Um, and so anyway, then I remember the Lustres a little bit, but that wasn't, to me, that was not as big coverage. And then when I met my husband, he lived in Long Island, and a few times we would drive by the, the, the very, it was on a very narrow canal. And if you look at the movie, it's totally different. So if, if you were to go there, the streets run probably similar to anything on the water. They're very narrow, small streets. Right. go down. So it wouldn't be like you can drive by the house. You kind of had to go. So they were always tired of people doing that. So we would every so often just peek by. And um, I'm more than positive, not sure what my husband's doing right now, that his mother actually was able to get in the house and look around when it was for sale after the lusses. Because then I guess it wasn't really selling after they said that, you know, the, the bee, the flies and the that whole thing, it was kind of a, didn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't recall whether his mother said there was nothing there, but he always seemed to feel there was something there. Yeah, I think we're going to talk to him a little bit later on the show on it, yeah. uh, about it. But uh, what I understand right now, it's up for sale uh, for $1.5 million. It's only a five-bedroom house, which is, you know. Yeah, and the thing is, it's on the water. So if you have a boat, you're right out to the great. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's right on it's right on the water, I believe. So you have access to that. But that area is crazy expensive anyway. You know, railroad right into New York and yeah, and, and, and they it, actually and changed. On, and I think it's on a very small piece of land. Yeah, it is, and they actually yeah. changed the physical appearance. The two windows that were in there, the, the eyes of the house were 
uh, taken out, I believe, and they, yeah. I believe they uh, they changed that all around. And um, they did so as not to make people find it. Right, but they they still people uh, uh, come down there, I guess, especially at uh, Halloween and everything. So. Well, I had a friend at the time I worked in the Babylon Public Library, and she worked in the Amityville Library. And it was interesting because she said, oh, yeah, we just have a whole file. People would come in. Obviously, you would go to your public library to do research. And she said they just had a whole file on the entire thing. So if you walked in off the street and said, I'd like some information, they'd give you their vertical file. Really? Yeah, yeah, and you can go through everything. So they they kept it all together, and then, yeah, I I imagine it was a... claim to fame, in a way. But, yeah, so many people were researching it that it, it was just a lot easier for the library, library to just keep the file together. I mean, you probably had to check it out, sign it out, and only look at it in the library. But, you know, that you would be accountable for all the material that was in there. Right. Yeah. I, I know that, like, uh, the, the house in New Orleans where, you know, all those slaves were kept and murdered by that, that crazy woman there. Oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the house that Nick Nolte bought. Yes, I think you might be right about that. And um, it, I he couldn't sell it. He put it up like for auction, and he couldn't sell it. Well, you got to remember. I think New Orleans, my father-in-law is from that area, and having been down there, people are really superstitious, even more so than, and so that. They, yeah, it's New Orleans culture. I, I can imagine him not being able to sell it. I don't think they would probably say it's bad ground, even. Yeah, but you know, I mean, they say that about everything. Like they said, the house was on Indian burial ground. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you know what's Indian burial ground and what isn't? And probably, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, but I do think there's some land that's just bad. Don't you? I agree. I agree yeah. with that. I, I think there is some land that is just bad. Uh, is it? You know, I mean, actually, we were talking a little bit about this on on uh, the Ghost Chronicles International show that uh, you know, well, people like will get you know die in the moors and something, and right. they won't rest because they're not on a Christian burial ground. So yeah, my suggestion was, well, why don't they just go and bless the land, and then it becomes right. Christian burial ground. That's true. I mean, wouldn't that resolve the problem? No. I don't know. I just think some land is bad. I think it's... I think that's what it is more than whatever the other thing is. I don't don't necessarily... Being a a Catholic, I agree with a restless spirit on an unsanctioned piece of land, but I think it goes back to Native America. There's just some bad land. There's just some bad things. There's no bad land. There's just bad people. Uh, wow. Unless they were never people, and it's just bad. Okay. That's. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, that's that's another kind of theory. Anyways, we now have our guest uh, with us now, and it is this one is Tony from NEPI, and Tony, you there? Yep, I'm here, Ron. Hi, Tony. Hey, how are you doing? All right, doing good. And why don't you give out your website and all that cool stuff? Uh, our website is uh, northeasternparanormal.com, uh, small case. You go onto that, and we have our websites. We have our uh, members on there. Uh, we have some of our uh, cases and 
some other little interesting facts. I'm in the process of trying to update it, so. No, that's cool. Now, uh, you invited me, I can't remember, it's been a little while now, right? But uh, you invited me to go on an investigation with you guys up to a place called the Sugar Hill Inn, I believe. Yep, it was uh, actually, I just got done going through my uh, EVPs for that. And um, it was April 17th, I believe it was. Okay, there you go. I mean, it's time flies by when you're having yeah, so much fun. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but just, uh, uh, well, did you get any? I mean, that's, that's uh, kind of... Uh, it looked like I picked up about, looks like seven. Some of them are iffy. There's a couple, um, you know, I look, I listen to them, and I hear something, and then I get my wife to listen to it, and she's like, I don't think that's anything. And I'm like, well, I think it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I picked up a couple. Um, I also, there's a couple of the answers when we used the shack hack that I, um, I picked up. One of them was when it said my name. I put that... I picked that up, and also, uh, I believe it was my sister asking if uh, there was anything we could do to help, and you can hear through the radio, says, help us, so I caught that. And uh, that's pretty good. That's the first time you guys actually uh, used the Shack Hack, and so what did you think of it uh, on a whole? Uh, I know that... I, th- I thought it was great. I, like I said, we, that's something. That's probably our next piece we got to pick up for our, our group to start utilizing that in our investigations. And um, basically, uh, you also uh, I introduced you to a thing called glass rolling too. Yeah, we did that. And um, actually, after you left, uh, the girls and actually the rest of the group they wanted to see if they could do it without you being there. Uh-huh. That you was, were the catalyst. Yeah. Yeah, very and good. That's they actually did. They did. They got it going. They it was actually doing figure eights. The glass was doing figure eights on the table and it was Yeah, they got it going for at least another 15 20 minutes or so. After cuz we had um we were going to stay and we decided to uh, I don't know, it was about 4 4:30 we we just packed everything up and we were sitting there and they're like, "Let's try the glass swirling again." So I didn't. Me and my wife, uh, we were still packing up, and they went to the um, the lounge there. And oh, they I could hear them in there. They were like, "Wow, this is incredible! It's doing a figure eight. And they were getting all excited. So, so I guess it wasn't just you controlling it. <laughs> well, no, that, actually, what you did that that's a good experiment. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. They said that like after you left, they were like, uh, "Well, we want to see if maybe we can do it. So maybe in our nest investigation." We can try to do it ourselves, and right. I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." And it worked. They, like I said, they got it going. It was actually doing a figure eight on the table, whatever that means. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what figure eight, but it's just that you have been moving along. But those, those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, glass swirling is is something that I was in, introduced to by the uh, British when we did the uh, Lizzie Borden house. And basically, you take a uh, best a shot glass, not a shot glass, a double like fashion. Double fashion works the best, and if you flip it upside down on the table, and everybody puts their fingers on it, and basically you ask questions, and the the glass will move, uh, well, the spirit will move the glass. So that's kind of neat. Janet, you have seen that before too, right? Yeah, yeah, we've done it a few times, actually, haven't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I do it all the time now because I yeah. think it's a lot of fun. I, I, whether it's scientific or not, I, I, I you know, there, I, there's no scientific science involved there, but it, it is interesting. Uh, well, to yeah, you know, my brother-in-law who was there, the, the chef, the skeptic. I mean, yeah. he was totally blown away by the fact he was uh, he couldn't believe that this thing was moving and nobody was moving it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard him when he was there. He was like, "I can't believe this. I can't believe that. How is this possible? How is this possible?" And it's like, well, <laughs> it's one of those things you just have to. Either you believe it or you don't. So is he the chef at the inn? Yes. So has he ever experienced anything there? Um, yep. He's had um, a couple things. Um, I don't know if this, um, on their stove, sometimes the burners would turn on by themselves. Maybe oh. he'd have to turn around and the burner's on. He would turn it off and he'd go about his thing, turn around and the burner's back on again. Um, he's had the uh, walk-in freezer door push against him when he was uh, opening it up. And walking oh. in, had a clothes on him. Uh, a oh. couple uh, bowls fall behind him, like he had sent him on the counter. Turned around and they fell off. Of course, he's all explaining this. Well, maybe I put him too close to the edge. Maybe I did this. But how did the? Well, yeah, I mean that's interesting that he's a skeptic. If I mean just the burners turning on alone. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I just talked to my sister last weekend, and um, the owner Steve asked us, you know, how the investigation went, how whatever it is. He said he was in there by himself like two days ago, and he heard footsteps, people, some, something walking upstairs, and there was nobody else in the inn. So even the owner has been now starting to hear things. So well, that's what the old the, section, Ron, where the, where the spa was. Right. One, that of the, section. one of the, the cool things about that place is Betty Davis actually stayed there? Yep. She actually, um, one of the rooms... Off on the other wing, um, they actually have it. They call it the Betty Davis room. That's where she stayed when, back when she used to come up, and uh, they have like some of her little, uh, you know, paraphernalia there, some pictures and stuff, and and um, that's pretty interesting room. We had a couple of weird things happen when we were in there, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had a little bit of with the, uh, I know I had the EM, EMF thing, and EMF I did hear. Thing, yeah, it went off a couple times, yeah. And I did hear something as well, uh, so. Uh, are you planning on going back again? Check it out again? Well, we'd like to go back. I mean, uh, Steve, I think he's still all for it. You know, next time he probably shuts down, he'll probably, uh, you know, we'll ask him if we can go back in. Which well, I, I got to get say, it's Tony, but it's time for a break now. All righty. So uh, I want to thank you for calling in. Oh, it's thanks Tony. for having me on. Tony from EPI, and, uh, you know, uh, if you need investigating up in New Hampshire, give him a call or go to his website and Yeah, go to our website. Him. There's a thing right, right on there to ask for it or you drop me a line, whatever. All right, thank you. Bye, okay, Thanks, Ron. Bye. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live. We'll be right back after the following messages on Tojinet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. 
They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parahex family. Combine Snide and Remark and you've got Snark. Combine Lisa Mena and Valia Alvarez on Monday nights and you've got Deep Dish Snark. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central, part of the Her Insight Network. When you've had enough at work or at home and you're ready to laugh, join Lisa and Valia for their no BS look at the world and the people in it. They'll be serving up a no-holds-barred take on pop culture, current events, entertainment, and family matters with segments like Accidentally Helpful, TV is Now My Hobby, and Who Sucks This Week? Deep Dish Snark delivers something for every girl who enjoys life with a dash of sarcasm. Lisa Manna is a former TV news anchor turned stay-at-home mom. She's making sure if anyone screws up her kids, it's her. Valia Alvarez suffers life as a jack-of-all-trades, mistress of none, by juggling a PR career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Don't miss Deep Dish Snark with Lisa Manna and Valia Alvarez. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. What time is it now? We are back. You are listening to the Ghost Chronicles with Ron Kolick and my special co-host, Janet Rucker, on TojiNet, Ghost Hello. Channel, Pararex, and beyond. Janet, you still here? I'm still here. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I did get a, there was a mix-up on our time, and our regular guest, uh, Rob Guthrie, will be calling in very shortly, so, and I believe that is him now. Rob, you there? Hello? Rob. Hello, Rob. Yes. Hey, how are you? Hi, good. How are you, Ron? A little mixed up. I think it's the heat. It's killing me. I know that. And I'm looking on. It's now 87.3. Well, it's going down a little. Awesome. So, uh, Rob, you've written a book, which is called? It's called Ghosts and Spirits, Insights from a Medium. And that is available? Um, it's available on uh, BarnesandNoble.com and Amazon.com, and it's actually now available on Kindle, actually. Oh, really? Good choice. Uh, my book, uh, Ghost Chronicles, is now is on Kindle, and it's actually uh, doing well in three categories. It's on the top on three different categories, so, yeah. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Yep, and uh, so I'm really thrilled. It was a very good choice for for those who do write books is to get them on Kindle uh, because uh, I hate to say it, but that's the uh, the future. The way of the future? No. Yeah. As a librarian, I have to disagree. No, I mean, trust me. I mean, I love books. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's just people are really into, you know, geeky stuff. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I'll go with that. I love books. I mean, they're, they're you know, you can feel them, you can smell them, you can touch them, and you can... Yeah, Ca- caress I, them, yeah. and you can whatever. <laughs> so, so uh, you are a medium. I am. I'm actually kind of a developing medium. Um, I'm really just an average guy who happens to be able to talk to the dead. Um, and uh, I've known that since I was about 14 when I saw my grandfather appear in front of me, scared the life out of me. Um, and over time, I've I've been able to. Uh, get signals, um, um, hear them, see them, feel them, sense them in, in every, every which way you can imagine. So, um, 
But it, it developed more as soon as I became, uh, as soon as I fell in love, and my emotions became um, heightened. So it became like kind of an emotional tuning fork to me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's exactly how it happened. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess love um, does conquer all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, the way I look at it is, it, I'm, because I'm also a scientist, um, I have to look at the physics of it. And um, it, spirits are basically energy. You know, you you pick them up on as, as EVPs and on, on your digital recorders and so forth. Um, and, and that's all basically energy. So um, it, it, I always get headaches when spirits are around. And it's basically like extra energy in my in my head, which is giving me the headache. Um, so that's that's pretty much how it works. Right. I, I know Maureen does the same thing. She gets headaches when uh, uh, spirits are around. I I always get them in one one part of my head though, not and not like all over. How, right, Maureen, right. how does it work for you? Uh, Maureen's not here Maureen, anymore. Hi. <laughs> This is Janet. Hello. Oh, hi, Janet. Maureen is actually in China, believe it or not. So whatever that is, uh, hey, Maureen, whatever, it's probably the next day there or two days earlier yeah. than today. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I can assure you that I also get the, the headaches that, that Maureen gets, um, sure. which is kind of interesting to go into a house and all of a sudden get a headache, you know, and... and Tell the uh, the owner of the house or whomever that it's not from them. <laughs> it's <laughs> a presence. So is that your signal that that spirits are present? That is my signal. Yeah, whether they're earthbound ghosts or they're spirits who have crossed over into the light who are coming back to give me a message for somebody. So, um, and actually, I wanted to I wanted to mention that um, I, I'm really happy that you had me back on this week because this Memorial Day weekend I'm actually coming back to Massachusetts, which is really? my home state. I am. Um gonna be doing um two talks, one at the Cape Cod Community College on Friday night and one at uh Coffee Break Cafe in Quincy, Massachusetts, oh. in downtown. And both of them are free. So if you guys are around, please come by. That sounds cool. It's uh actually we'll be together this week, won't we, Janet? Yeah, hopefully. We'll be, yeah, we so will, we'll be up so. in Newberry, New Hampshire. But you can come visit us. <laughs> oh, I, I used to live in New Hampshire. I love it. <laughs> they do, yeah, we're up. I'm up in. We're up in Newberry. So hey, we got plenty of room. Come on up. Nice view of the mountain and the lake. That's and great. Great to margaritas too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, we celebrate Margarita Friday down here in the Washington area. There you go. So yeah. uh, let me let me ask you this: you 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 have lived in two different places, or you've lived in three places now that I understand. Is so? I mean, do you sense the ghosts or spirits are any different in different locations? And in, in regards to, uh, do they are they like more aggressive in one location? Are they more laid back in another location? Are they shy in one location? I mean, the, that type of thing, or, or are they just different, the same everywhere? Well, that's a good question. Um, it all depends on the ghost's personality when they were alive. Um, what I've learned is that once people pass, if they're either an earthbound ghost or a spirit um, that comes back, they still maintain their same personality. So, you know, it, for instance, the Southerners have a, a, a general um, being of being laid back and friendly. Right. So um, they would maintain that when they come back to communicate or if they're still here. 
um, there was a, uh, when I was in Savannah, Georgia, um, <clears throat> I went on a ghost walk down there and they told a story about a general who wound up, um, inadvertently killing his daughter by accident. And he was a very angry man. And he came back as an angry ghost. And as a result, the house that he inhabited back in the 1800s is still uninhabitable because of his angry ghost that, that lingers in there. Really? Yes. So I mean, if um, Janet was there, she would just tell him to grow up, wouldn't you, Janet? Oh, get over it. You got that right. Suck it off and move on, as I like to say. What was that? Suck Bust. it off and move on. Oh, really? That's what I tell my kids. Is that a Long Island thing or, or what? Oh, it's Italian. Oh, same thing, right? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> it, it's pretty close. I'm <laughs> I'm also Italian. Yeah. yeah. I had an Italian mother. It was really suck it up and move on. It's like no one's giving you any sympathy here. Life's hard I, and then you die, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> move on. So, and that's always the thing that interests me because, I mean, the, the Italians are very much into all that, you know, mumble-jumble stuff, the uh, the, yeah, the, there, the curses and all that stuff, spit in your hand and all that, you know. You know yeah, lot, there, there are a lot of alive people that are dead to me, as I like to say. No, pretty much they're dead to me because I don't, I don't go for that. But, yeah, the Malorkey and uh, I don't know. I grew up with a lot of superstitions. Should ask her about the dead people in our refrigerator. Oh no, that's my husband. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I I joke with people and I say sometimes I'd rather talk to uh, the dead than the living. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, you know, you don't you don't catch half as much <laughs> from True. the dead as you do from the living. True. <laughs> um, but you know, I I um I have been quite a number of places and experienced a number of ghost tours. Um, or, or just toward different cities around the country, and th- there's an awful lot of haunted places. Um, the Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco has a resident ghost who used to actually manage uh, manage the facility when it was a girls' school, and um, she haunts a particular room. I think it's like room 314. And when I was there, she brushed right by me, and I felt a very cold chill. And the guy standing next to me that was on the tour felt the same cold chill, and we just looked at each other. Um, so you need to go out there, Ron. Hey, I think I need to haunt the girls' schools. I mean, actually, <laughs> wait a minute, come to think of it, I, I, there's a restraining order for me against that anyways. No, but, uh, you know, but Ron always leaves people with a cold chill. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I mean, you uh, you have your – I didn't realize you were Italian, so you, you, you have – did you have that – Superstitious background when you were growing up. Sure. Uh, yeah, my mother's Italian, so okay. she she had the superstitious background. Uh, my dad was Irish, and uh, you know he kind of canceled that out. So yeah. there was a good balance there. <laughs> right. So were they are they supportive of you in, the, in this endeavor, or the, you know, or do they think you're nuts? I mean, that's kind of what people are. They're either like they supportive, or they like yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, you know that that's a really good question. Um, my mother is supportive because she uh, she also has the ability, but she's afraid to use it. She had one experience and she's she's scared. Um, my grandfather actually also had the ability, as I found out when I was researching this book. Really? Um, yes, uh, and, and turns out I also had some kind of a 
second cousin twice removed that was in Massachusetts that used to work with uh, the police as a medium to solve murders. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, as for my dad, well, my dad passed when I was writing the book about a year and a half ago, and he has come back to me so many times that I take that as support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's actually been able to give me so many signs and talk to me that I was able to get to confirm, you know, everything for my for my mother and my family, um, and, and that's kind of it's kind of unnerving but comforting at the same time. Why? Why is that? Well, um, to try and to 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 tell your own family that you know <laughs> their their father or their husband has passed, but still communicates through me. Um, you know, especially during the week that he passed, um, my partner and I stayed with my mother in her house in Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. um, my dad played with the electricity. He would short plugs out. Um, he oh, wow. light bulbs out. We replaced light bulbs. They wouldn't go on. I mean, so he and was would... definitely leaving signs for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the most startling sign that he that he left me to, to confirm that he was there is that during his during the funeral mass, um, when I was with my mom and my partner was with my mom, we were sitting there and she she was crying into a Kleenex that was just falling apart. And my dad said to me, "Tell her to use my handkerchief." And he said to me twice. And my mother, in the 53 years they were married, always thought handkerchiefs were gross, so she wouldn't touch them. Um, so when I finally told her. <laughs> She, her mouth dropped open, and she stopped crying, and she said, how did you know I had his handkerchief in my pocket? I said, well, because he just told me. <laughs> so that was a good confirmation for her. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If you if you do get signs and you can be interpreted them, uh, and people realize that, yeah, these are signs, then a lot of times they're more apt to believe whether it's something personal or, or more you know, that means something to them versus, you know, just saying uh, things in general. Absolutely. Um, uh, another instance is uh, I, w- I was just at a, a book event this past weekend, and I met a gentleman whose wife had passed. And he, he came up to me and he said, I, I need to ask you a question. Um, my wife and I used to watch this movie where they tied special knots. I, back in, it was a 1960s movie. I can't remember what it was called. And he and his wife were fascinated by that, and they always used to talk about it. And after she passed, about 30 times, he said, in five years, in this one room that they never used, he would go in there and he would find the cords to the the drapes tied into these knots. The only other person in the house was his uh, four- or five-year-old daughter. And he couldn't explain it. And he said, is that a sign from her? And I said, absolutely. I mean, this is, that was an intimate thing that they shared that, that only they knew. Um, and if there was nobody in the house, you know, she was obviously a very, very strong spirit in order to, to manipulate that. Right. So um, but that brought him some comfort just to know that. I, you know, I think the, the important thing is that <clears throat> people just need to know that when the energy that, that is us, that, that is our soul, our spirit, when we're alive, doesn't dissipate after we're passed. Um, you know, from a scientific point of view, energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transformed. Right. Right. 
So, and, and what I've noticed is that spirits like, like even earthbound ghosts are like an empty light bulb. And, um, from a physics perspective, they need something that's going to power them, whether it's moving water, heat, which is rapidly moving molecules or, uh, electricity. And the other thing I noticed too, is that with earthbound ghosts, uh, fear acts as a power for that, for an earthbound ghost to, uh, to manifest itself. Whereas with, with spirits, yep, they, with spirits draw on love as an energy. So that, that's, um, that's a pretty big distinction that I, I've, I've noticed. You know, that's an interesting thought because it, there's always a, a big conversation of what is a ghost and what is a spirit. And, and to me, that's basically, I think it's more of a personal thing, what your own interpretation of those particular phrases are. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there are a lot of good uh, explanations for them, but I, I really think it's a personal interpretation. Well, in the um, in the the book I wrote, I tried to actually make a distinction between the two because, it, based on the the ways they're able to communicate with us, based on the power, based on the energy that they use to manifest themselves, and um, based on where they reside, if they're stuck in a in a place on Earth, or uh, spirits have the ability to come to you wherever you are in the world. As a matter of fact, they can come to multiple people at the same time. Um, ghosts, however, are stuck to the place that they usually um, are familiar with. Um, I, I actually wanted to ask you about your experience with graveyards because it's been my experience that spirits don't really, ghosts don't really haunt a graveyard unless there's somebody going in there that brings fear. Because um, they, they were never in the graveyard when they were alive and it was, they weren't familiar with it. Um, I found that ghosts will typically stick to the house or dwelling or <clears throat> whatever where they were familiar. So, have you had any encounters in um, in cemeteries? As far as as far as any readings or ghosts or any kind of energy, it's really interesting uh, because. And we went down to Georgia to sign with our, our book agent, and we. Uh, we were doing part of this investigation of, of a, a spirit that we met in Haverhill, Massachusetts, who claims he was General Beauregard, but he wasn't, but he's really... So anyways, we went to the cemetery in, in Georgia, uh, where he supposedly came from, and we were looking for his grave, and, and there were some other graves related to another project we're doing. But anyways, we had a couple of police officers escorting us, and they said, would you mind checking out uh, a couple of the sites? There's two police officers who died in duty. And I said, no, we'd be glad to. So we went way on the other end of the cemetery. And the first one we went to, there was nothing there, nothing going on. And then the the second one we went to, uh, we definitely made contact with the spirit there. Maureen got a burning, um, burning, uh, what's the word, uh, in her stomach. Like, And as it found out, the guy was shot in the stomach. So, But anyways, as we were leaving, uh, Maureen says, wait a minute, Ron, he's got a message for you. I said, what do you mean? He says, he, he wants to talk to you. And his message was, watch your back. And that was the last thing we got from this guy. So, yeah, we did get a message. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, do you think that he was killed there at the cemetery? Or? No, he wasn't killed at the cemetery. Oh. Hmm. So why is he there? 
why is he there? I mean, is that why you're asking? Uh, do you, That's what do you I'm believe, asking, right. Do you believe that ghosts don't, don't hunt uh, cemetery? I, I believe that they, they don't typically hunt cemeteries. They, I think that they, they much more... I think that some, some certainly can hunt cemetery, um, but I think that they're much more apt to be, to, to like walk around places that they're familiar or that they liked when they were in, in life. Um, I agree, but there's also a connection to, to the body, and uh, yes. believe it or not, uh, it depends upon your particular um, upbringing, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, for instance, when, when um, Henry VIII died, I believe it is, uh, they, no, Cromwell, Cromwell died, and they dug up his body, put him on trial, and then they beheaded him because they thought if they beheaded him, he would not go to heaven. So, yeah, if there was that much a devotion to the body, then maybe that, uh, you know, and there was also a pope that the same thing happened to him. They actually dug up the body, put him on trial, and then beheaded him so that he wouldn't pass on. So if, if you believe that, I would think you would be connected to your body. That makes good sense because when I think about uh, sometimes energies are attached to um, objects. Like I've gone into a shop and uh, an antique shop, and I've sensed an energy attached to uh, uh, an old armoire. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's pretty much around the same kind of thing. That's really that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's funny, when I first started this, uh, you know, people say, oh, yeah, there's this energy attached to this chest or this beret or this barrette or whatever it is. And I think, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. But then I, I started thinking about it more, and uh, as I always mention, I, I was raised Catholic, and, um, you know, what are saints' relics? But nothing but, you know, pieces of material that energy is associated with. Yes, that's, that's very true. Um, yeah, I was actually also raised Catholic. Um, and um, I will say, though, that uh, speaking of religion, um, religion, I, find, I have found that religions and, and being spiritual or understanding the, the way that spirits and ghosts work um, sometimes mesh and sometimes conflict. Um, I, I think that religions have really served a good purpose in getting people to develop their faith. Um, but then sometimes they get very restrictive. Like, um, I don't know if Maureen has mentioned this, but some religions consider mediums um, to be demonic. That's right, what I absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, and... Go on. Yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking Janet. Janet's very much uh, raised the Catholic and everything, and, and so, I mean... How how does your family? I mean, you you do paranormal investigating with me. How does your family as religious believe, and do they think you're going to hell, or are they accepted? No, what? interestingly enough, my mother, the the very traditional Italian person, for some reason, oh, never discounted. Uh, even her growing up, she would say to me, "Yeah, I went to you know the fortune teller when I was I don't know how old, twenty three and." She never meshed it with not being Catholic, but I do believe you're right in saying that she has a very strong faith. And one of the things she always says is, you know, um, it, I, don't, I don't think she ever looked at them to tell her what was going to happen, but she still believed in God taking care of her or having his plan for her, I should say. 
But we were never told, like, you can't read your horoscope. I've heard that often a lot um, in Catholics. Some, some Catholics preach that, that horoscope is an abomination to God. Because mm-hmm. it's telling you something that is not, that you shouldn't be looking, putting your faith in that. I never, ever grew up with that. My mother was always very um, liberal. But then again, this is the woman that thought, you know, somebody's going to put an evil eye on you if you don't wear red. <laughs> right. So, you know, wherein does that all lie? I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, you have to have a horn. You know, everyone, and when they were 16, got a golden horn to wear somewhere. Um, babies couldn't go out. Just just stuff like that. But, no, we, we uh, she used to say, she did say, oh, you know, but it's just like, it's just for fun. She actually bought me a Ouija board when I was, I don't know, like 12 or 13. And... Um, I remember a cousin of mine had had one, and then they ended up getting divorced. And I guess somebody along the line had told me, if you have a Ouija board in the house, it's bad luck. I don't know if you've all heard that. And, I might have. Uh, yeah. I mean, it might have been you. But um, I remember I was 12 or 13, and I said to my mother, oh, my God, oh, why, why do we have this in the house? And she said, look, they were having trouble a long time before that Ouija board came into their house. So it has nothing to do with anything. So... I was very lucky because I think it was very balanced for her. There was, you know, reality, and then there's your, and, and, and you know, you do your spiritual thing and that kind of thing. But I, I felt like I was fortunate, except I do still have some of these weird superstitions, like you can't put shoes on the bed or the table. I don't know what they are. Sometimes they pop up. Um, anyway. One thing, I, I, one interesting thing that I learned when I was researching my book, too, is that, um, I learned that the Vatican, uh, about 10 years ago, now employs mediums. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was totally blown away by that. They they used to have a policy where they, they thought mediums were, you know, they were, you know, communicating through the yeah, devil. Yeah. Right. But once they, they realized it, they realized that actually mediums were actually helping people uh, overcome their grief from the loss of a loved one, then they started employing mediums. So they actually have, I think they have two on staff. Wow. Um, it, it's, of course, it's very hard to get information out of the Vatican, but um, yeah. <laughs> but it it is true, and I I was totally surprised by that. That That is shocking. But, I mean, having, I teach religion, Ed, and so let, this year we've done a lot of Bible reading, and... Um, there's quite a lot about seers and and the, so it, it's there if you want to go back to the Bible and no one mm-hmm. really said they were bad. Well, yeah, they did. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, you really go back in the in the beginning of the Bible when uh, actually there were there were uh, mediums uh, or, or witches around everywhere and and then they banned them from. The, from the different kingdoms, I think it was King Solomon that did that, and then he went to the witch of, uh, what is it, come on, help me out, guys, of uh, Nakamura, uh, they called him the witch anyways, because he wanted to know if he was going to win this battle, he had to actually bring her in, so he, even though he tried to ban him, uh, he did uh, bring her back in, so. Yeah, but yeah, the, they, guess, they didn't. They didn't love them, but I guess what we're teaching the kids is these people were able to see the future. Mm. But we're not saying that it was... And I see the future, and it looks like it's time to end the show. 
Nope, it sure is. So I am talking with Rob Guthrow, and he will be at the community uh, Cape Cod Community College this weekend, correct? That's right, on Friday night uh, from 7 to 9, giving us... And, and that uh, is free? It is free, yep. And you're also going to be where? Um, at the Coffee Break Cafe in downtown Quincy, Massachusetts, um, Saturday at 6.30. And your book is? And where is it available? Um, it's called Ghosts and Spirits, Insights from a Medium, and it's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. And, and I want to thank you very much for having me back. And your website? Um, the, the website is actually uh, ghostsandspiritsinsights.blogspot.com, if you get all that. I got it. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank Have a thank you very much. Have a great yep. weekend. You yep. too. Bye-bye. Well, that show just blew by. It started off slow, and nice. what the hell happened? I have no clue. <laughs> it took a life of its own. Yeah, I did. Uh, but anyways, Janet, we want to thank you so much for joining me and helping me out here. Uh, I know that we're just about 30 seconds out. And uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, and including that clunky head husband of yours as well. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yep. Bye, Ron. Yep. Good night, and God bless, everyone. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged ghosties, and things that go wrong.